0: The first reading today is 2 Chronicles 6, verses 12 to 21, to be found on page 422 in the Church Bibles. Let us pray. Solomon's Prayer of Dedication. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Now, he had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide, three cubits high, and placed it in the center of the outer court. He stood on the platform and then knelt down before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven. He said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it, as it is today. (coughs) Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, you shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me according to my law as you have done. And now Lord God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David come true. (coughs) But will God really dwell on earth with human beings? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you, how much less this temple that I have built. Yet, Lord my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. May your eyes be open towards this temple day and night, this place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer of your servant, may you hear the prayer your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from St. John, chapter 4, verse 7 to 24, to be found on page 1007. Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. Now Jesus had to go through Samaria. So when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, and did also his sons, his flocks, his herds? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but those who drink the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, Go, call your husband, and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is Spirit. His worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. This is the gospel of the Lord.
1: You, <clears throat> Any similarity between this scenario and uh, this church is purely coincidental. Good to see you, Fred. Oh, i just come back from church. I like to go when I've nothing else to do on a Sunday morning. Got Woman Vicar now. Lovely bird. And I hadn't been for several weeks and found, do you know what? Found someone sitting in my seat. We had some good old hymns this morning. Don't like these new ones. I keep repeating them over and over again. We don't have a prayer books and in-books no more. They put it all up on a screen. wasn't keen on the readings either this morning. It was all about shall nots and woes. I've enough of them of my own already since Mavis died and I had my accident. Some young fellow did the sermon, but I couldn't hear where I was sitting right at the back. I dropped off asleep got woken up by some woman digging the collection plate in my ear hole. Every week they have something they call the creed. Sp- supposed to be about what you should believe. But I can't get my head around this Holy Spirit. It was always the Holy Ghost to me. Do you know, we have to queue up for the bread and the wine. It's just like waiting to pay at the supermarket. The best bit is the notices. Oh, I must make a note of that lunch next Friday. And they always end with what they call the peace. Hypocrites, some of them. I don't go along with this hugging. Very un-Igd. But you get a lovely cup of coffee, though, and you don't have to pay nothing. No one spoke to me but I had to speak to a couple standing in my way when I wanted to get out. And in the car park some idiot blocked me in. Some people are so inconsiderate. I'll have to have a word with the vicar about it next time I go to church. Let's pray. Lord morning we are thinking about real worship. Lord help us through my words and our thoughts come to a clear understanding of what this means. In Jesus name and for Jesus glory. Amen. Amen. Well amusing is that scenario may have been, and I think there were a few smiles, it's hardly what Jesus had in mind when he spoke, as he does in today's gospel, about true or real worshippers and true or real worship. The reading was about an unnamed Samaritan woman who initiates a discussion with Jesus, and it includes talking about places of worship. And no doubt to her surprise, and perhaps to ours, he points out that the place is actually an irrelevance; that those who seek God will find him anywhere, in any age, right up to this present one, Churches and cathedrals, chapels, and even places like this Christian center are simply convenient places for people to gather for worship. In my ministry, I've met for worship in many different places, I'm sure you have, in tents, in fields, hotels, social clubs, bars, halls, beaches, parks, gardens, all sorts of places including even on a boat. Jesus, in today's gospel reading, goes on to say that the time is coming when the real worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Eugene Peterson, in the message, paraphrases Jesus' words like this. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in worship. In the church school I went to as a an infant we had to learn off by heart what we called the catechism how many other people had to do that yeah quite a few of you uh, but but in the in the what was called the westminster shorter catechism it, it begins differently and asks the question what is the chief end of man and the reply is man's chief end is to glorify god and enjoy him forever. So the main aim or end of life is not to own your own house or make as much money as you can. The main aim of life, the very purpose of our creation, is to glorify God, which is also the aim of Christian worship. It just dawned on me very recently, Worship is the one thing that continues when everything else ceases. It's the one thing we are asked to do in this life, which we will continue to do in the next. If you don't believe me, read Revelation, the the closing book of the Bible. And as an example, read chapter 7 and look at verses 9 and 10, which read, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels are there too. uh, And they're saying, Amen! Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Does that thrill you? Does that excite you? It does. Then go home and at least read the rest of chapter 7 of Revelation. That's just for starters. Meanwhile, we need to grow to understand what true or real worship is. The Bible begins, as we know in Genesis, with creation. With God all excited of what he has done and we read and God saw that it was good then the bible ends with worship the fact is that from cover to cover the bible is a story a record of worship throughout god's people are essentially a worshiping people oh yes At times, in the early days, some aspects of worship appear to be rather crude and uh, and primitive with what we would now consider to be essential elements missing. The problem, for example, with Samaritan worship uh, was that it was only based on the first five books of the Bible. The Samaritans ignored and rejected the rest of the Old Testament. They knew nothing about the great messages of the prophets or the experiences of those who wrote the Psalms. As a result, rather than being centered around love, their worship was centered around fear. Their emphasis was on the creation rather than on the creator. Just as today, in many places, the emphasis of worship seems to be more on church buildings and the things in them, rather than on God, through his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And many, like the Samaritans of old, pick and choose what parts of the Old and New Testament. They accept or reject. In his book, Free to Worship, the author, Bishop Michael uh, Marshall, writes Christianity goes disastrously and dangerously wrong when Jesus is worshiped but not followed. Worship and service belong together and both need to be directed first and foremost, to God in a life of discipleship. And he goes on to mention 1 Samuel, chapter 15, and verses 22 and 23. It's the chapter uh, talking about uh, the the rejection of, of Saul as king. The problem, well, it is highlighted in Samuel's conversation with Saul when he asks the question, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the face of rams. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Yes, of course, worship is associated with singing hymns and reading the scriptures and praying and preaching, etc. But we can do all those things and still not be truly worshipping God if our lives are out of tune with God or if our lives and thoughts are not actually centered on God. To quote Michael Marshall again, worship is an activity that includes every aspect of the human awareness, heart and mind, senses and intellect. And you'll remember the familiar words in the hymn by George Herbert. Teach me, my God and King, in all things thee to see, and what I do, in anything, to do it as for thee. Also years ago, Archbishop William Temple said of Christian worship, to worship is to quicken the conscience to the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, to devote the will to the purpose of God. To explain that still further, he added, what worship means is the submission of the whole being to God, the object of our worship, opening the heart to receive the love of God, the total giving of self. In the coming weeks, in the run up to and over the Christian period. At some time, we'll be hearing the account of the visit of the Magi to see Jesus. And I suggest to you that the most precious gift that they offered to Jesus was not the gold, not the incense, not the myrrh, but their worship, their worship. The purpose of their visit was to worship Jesus. The giving of the gifts was an expression of, of that worship just as our singing of hymns is an expression of our worship just as the saying of prayers is an expression of that worship just as reading the scriptures is an expression of that worship then there is a Simeon you remember when Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem for the first time they met Simeon, who took Jesus in his arms and immediately began to praise God. He gave God the glory. He worshipped God with true, real worship. For the promised moment he had been waiting for had come. The same day, in the same place, an 84-year-old widow set up camp in the temple and spent each and every day fasting and praying her way of showing her complete devotion to God by worshipping him. A beautiful example of real or true worship. Jesus, in John chapter 4, reminds us that what the Father is seeking are true, real, and may I add a third word, genuine worshippers. I'm sure we would all like to think our worship is genuine, but the question is is it? Well, according to Jesus, not unless it is in spirit and in truth. Since God is spirit he is not confined to particular places and so wants us to worship him wherever we are but I would say particularly when we come together as we are this morning or when we are in our homes. But that doesn't rule out worshipping him at any other time and in any other place. I frequently use the time uh, it takes me to drive from my home to the swimming pool five days a week uh, to to pray, to, to sing hymns, to thank God for the new day and to commit the rest of the day uh, to him. But that's not the only time. We can use any time, and should use any time, and every time, to praise and worship God. Since God is spirit, our worship should be seen as a gift to God. And in doing so, we need to be applying the gifts of the Spirit. Everything to do with our worship of God should be Spirit-led or led by the Spirit. It should also be scriptural, as in this particular act of worship, sacramental. Although so much of our worship is expressed through our lips, God is looking for worship that has its roots, has its basis in what is going on in our hearts and in our minds. Worship, my friends, is a way of life, a life given totally to the service of God, a life that brings glory to him and to him alone. He needs to be the center, the focus, of everything we do and when it is we shall understand more fully what we mean by real and true worship.